at Mitchell and Webb Sound, starring David Mitchell and Robert Webb, with James Barkman, Olivia Coleman, and Sarah Hadland. Right, big presentation tomorrow, guys. Let's get to it. Steve, can you set up the flip chart? Sure, Tony. It won't stay up. Of course, you're new. You haven't mastered the amazing collapsing flip chart yet. <laughs> Jeff, could you give Steve a hand? Um, yeah, sure. Actually, I've just got to go to the loo. Bloody thing. I just can't seem to make it stand up. I think the knob's a bit jammed. I hear you have a problem, citizen. Uh, Jeff, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not Jeff, Steve. I'm Superman. <laughs> but leave it, Steve. Any good with flip charts, Superman? Have you tried tightening the knob a bit more? Uh, look, come on, Jeff. Maybe you should let Superman have a go, Steve. After all, he does have super strength. Fine. <laughs> there you are, citizen. Great work with the flip chart, Superman. Nothing to it, Tony. My work here is done. Except, Sally, your coffee looks a little cold. Let me warm it up with my laser vision. <laughs> and now I must go. I hear a lorry load of children falling off a cliff. <laughs> Actually, I think it is a little warmer. Are you all mad? You can think what you like, Steve, but Superman's just saved your bacon and the presentation, possibly the whole company. Hi, Jeff. Oh, that's better. Oh, you all seem happy. Did I miss something? Only Superman setting up the flip chart that Steve couldn't. Superman was here? Why am I always in the loo when that happens? <laughs> There's no accounting for bladders, Jeff. Right, let's get this presentation sorted. Curse you, Lex Luthor. <laughs> Women, you like yoghurt. Why don't you buy some yoghurt? Here at the Foreign Yoghurt Company, we've invented a special yoghurt full of magic ingredients that'll make you younger, slimmer, and generally less sick of it all. <laughs> Look at this woman. She's drunk some of our yoghurt out of a little bottle, and now she's incredibly excited. I'm incredibly excited. <laughs> it's the best thing to happen to her since she had the snip. <laughs> Yogurt makes her feel vibrant and alive like delicious creamy Prozac. Strangers gasp at her youthful beauty and fashionable knitwear now she's eating more yogurt. Plus, it stops you farting. It also lowers your cholesterol, improves digestive transit. Ha! We all know what that is. That's right, doing a poo. And physically forces your husband to love you again. Wow, honey, you look really sexy now you're eating more yogurt. Maybe I won't move in with your sister after all. <laughs> Yogurt, all piled up in your fridge in a big self-righteous pyramid, simultaneously tempting and judging you like a horny store detective. <laughs> Yogurt, about the only thing your decaying body can digest nowadays without spluttering like a lorry exhaust. <laughs> Yogurt, because milk improves with age, even if you don't. <laughs> I know this is a difficult time, Mrs Watts, but we need to know about the moments leading up to your husband's death. Inspector Wright will be here soon with some questions. There's just one small thing. Inspector Wright is a tortoise. Um, <laughs> are you happy being interviewed by a tortoise? What? I need to have your consent, just a verbal agreement, that you are happy to be interviewed by a tortoise. Ah, uh, well, I don't know. Inspector Wright is a trusted colleague. He has lots of experience dealing with the bereaved. It just might involve bending down a bit. Right. I'll let him in. He's just coming in. <laughs> he is a tortoise. <laughs> uh, 
Hello, Sergeant. Hello, Mrs. Watts. This must be a very difficult time. Now, has Sergeant Palmer explained that I'm a tortoise? I have explained it. Good. Uh, <clears throat> just a few basic questions. First, what were you doing in the moments leading up to your husband's death? Uh, well, I was in the dining room. Could you speak up a bit, Mrs. Watts? I'm a tortoise. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was in the dining room... Clearing away the cutlery. Cutlery? The things people used to eat with. I see. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Mrs. Watts. I just tend to eat with my mouth. Uh, I'm a tortoise. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, I clear the dessert. Whoa! Hang on. Dessert? Um, people have it after their dinner. What, like lettuce? Equivalent of. <laughs> it's as well for me to get a clear picture of these things. I am a tortoise. <laughs> Could we go over your husband's movements? What was he doing? It was about six o'clock when he came home. Aha! I think I've seen the hole in your story. Why would Mr Watts need to come home? Surely he would have his house on his back. <laughs> they uh, don't have houses on their back. Oh, right, sorry. Sorry to have leapt to conclusions there. Now, we'll need fingerprints. I should explain that this may take a really long time. I'm rubbish at taking fingerprints because... I'm a tortoise. But you're not a tortoise. I'm not sure I follow you. You're a person, you're not a tortoise. Inspector Wright is one of the best tortoises on the force. <laughs> if you have any complaints about the way I've handled your case, you can write to the Police Complaints Authority. Make sure you mark the envelope, tortoise. Please, please leave. Certainly, but I should warn you, it will take a really long time. <laughs> Unless you swam. No, that's turtles. Leave me alone! Oh, that's tortoise. Tortoise. <laughs> Tortoise, you see. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs Watts, this is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> I should leave. I've only got three weeks to get back to the station before my leave kicks in. And there's some difficult steps. And I'm a tortoise. He's a bloody good tortoise. <laughs> Potter on the I-level syllabus to the Doctor Who prom. At the end of the day, these days, today's arts are all about outreach and fresh access. Tequin Moody met the National Theatre's Artistic Director, Ben Head, to ask a few quizzes about their new campaign, Bums on Seats. Ben Head, welcome to the Culture Showgram. Thank you. So, Bums on Seats, a bit of a chappy title for the National? I, I don't think it's... I haven't asked you a question yet. <laughs> Sorry. So, Bums on Seats, a bit of a chappy title for the National, isn't it? <laughs> That was something the Artistic Steering Committee... Can I stop committee... you there? Yes? Sorry, I've just been sick in my hand. <laughs> the, the committee wanted people who aren't the National Theatre's usual audience to come on in and try some theatre. What kind of people? Young people? Skinheads? Abominable snowmen? No, Dukes of Hazard fans. <laughs> Great! What?! Dukes of Hazard fans are the obvious choice. They have a taste for drama. Why not try some Aristophanes? We've put an orange car in the foyer. Why? So they think there might be car chases. And are there? No, that's impossible. <laughs> but they've never been to the theatre before, so they won't know that. What about Dukes of Hazard fans who don't like the car? We've got some Tennessee Williams, the accent's the same. And throughout Act Two, Damon Albarn will be playing the banjo. And what about people who prefer the A-team? Well, you've got me there. There is nothing in the whole canon of theatre that comes anywhere near the A-team. That's one of the shortcomings of outreach. Outreach is something I'd like to talk about. Of course. The programme no, is intended... Me, I'd like to talk about it. <laughs> because, as far as I know, nobody's ever suggested bunging a Henry Moore in the centre circle at Wembley to bring in some more sculpture fans. Football clearly couldn't give a toss about anyone who doesn't like football, and it's going rather well. Have you tried that approach? No. Well, why not give it a punt? Whack a banner outside the National Theatre saying, if you don't like theatre, go away. <laughs> but they're... Shut it. I'm off for a bath. Ben Head, thank you. Laura? That's 
that's all from this week's Culture Showgram. Next week, Lady Gaga goes in search of Dylan Thomas at the Monaco Grand Prix, and Adrian Childs tries to play the harp. Good night. I'll get that, Steve. It could be important, and you're new. Hello? Sally's phone. Sorry, she's in a meeting. Yes, of course you can leave a message. Um, hold on a second. I've just got to get a pen. You, you can borrow mine, Jeff. Uh, it's all right. I'll get one from the uh, stationery cupboard. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Hi, Steve. It's me, Superman. I was just passing Jeff on his way to the stationery cupboard, and he said there was a phone with a message that needed taking. It's over there. Hello? What's the message? Can she call her brother at home this evening? Nice work, Superman. But, Tony... Leave it, Steve. <laughs> to discuss his accommodation problem? Yes, I think I can spell accommodation. After all, I am Superman. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Sometimes a superhero needs no thanks. Goodbye, citizen. Phew. Further to the stationery cupboard than you think, eh, Steve? Hello? Are you still there? I've got a pen. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hmm, that's odd, Steve. No one else could have taken the message while I was away, could they? It was... Yes, Steve? It was... Superman, Jeff. Superman took the message? Yes. Wow, you're so lucky, Steve. Why am I never around at the same time as Superman? Eh? Eh? Hmm? Shut up, Jeff, shut up. <laughs> Come on, everyone, look lively, people. The king and his retinue will be here by dusk, by which point I want the first three courses of this 48-course banquet plated up and ready to go. Can I get a yes, chef? Yes, yes chef. chef! You, is that ox ready to come off the spit yet? No, chef. Well, hurry up. I've got two boiled geese and a pig ready to stuff inside it. Yes, chef! Mmm, this pike soup is bland. How many pikes are in it? Four, chef, four pikes. Put another pike in it. Yes, chef. <laughs> chef, I was wondering... And some eels. Yes, chef, chef. And a swan. Swan, right. <laughs> Sorry, chef, I was just wondering, I've been working on a new dish, thought I might try it out tonight. Have you got a moment? You've got until I get bored? Great, thanks. Then I'll probably shoot you with this crossbow. <laughs> oh, well, basically, it's a bowl of leaves, uh, watercress, rocket, lamb's lettuce, stuff like that, and a carrot chopped up very small. I call it... Some leaves and a carrot chopped up very small. I don't understand what you're saying to me. Sorry. Well, it's leaves and a carrot chopped up very small. That's still not getting it. Are you talking in foreign? It's just, it's just something light. We always do a lot of red meats, rich cheeses, fat, offal, fatty offal, cheese meat, pie. It's very rich. Of course it's rich. It's for the king. Please, chef, I think people might really go for my some leaves and a carrot chopped up very small. I've been eating it and I feel great. So much less bloated. In fact, ask me how many times I did evacuate my bowels last week. How many? Two. Twice in a week? Blimey. All right, tell you what. <laughs> stick it up a stoat. Stick that stoat in a pike. Stick the pike in a duck, duck in a badger, badger in a sheep, and a sheep in a... Sheep in a cow, I know. Do you not think that all those different animal meats, fat and juices, might compromise the lightness of my some leaves and a carrot chopped up very small dish? <laughs> OK, I am bored now. Back to work. Yes, Jeff. <laughs> so we need a new heartwarming column for the weekend supplement now that me and my illness has had to be spiked. Oh, what a shame. Why? Work it out. <laughs> so what I was thinking was that we might have something a little more upbeat to replace it. Any thoughts? 
Well, I think I might have, actually. You see, one of our columnists has just had a baby. Maybe we could get her to write about that. Mm, don't quite a lot of people have babies? Well, yes, they do. But this particular journalist seems to be under the impression that she's the only person ever to have done it. <laughs> mm, interesting. Plus, I suppose there's a fact that something that millions of women do every day is always going to be intrinsically more interesting and unique if a journalist does it. Yes, you've convinced me. Let's run it every week for five years. Then we could perhaps replace it with a My Child is Going to School Now series. Oh, I think we'd have to be a bit careful about that. We don't want any crossover with the Family Dad column. Oh, I, I love Family Dad. It's so funny how he's basically a good father but sometimes gets things slightly wrong. <laughs> What's he doing this week? Oh, it's brilliant. He and his family go to get some furniture from a superstore, which is obviously Ikea, but he very cleverly doesn't tell us that it is, even though he's made it really clear. And they buy some self-assembly furniture, which he insists on making without reading the instructions because they're just pictures. And then it all falls apart and his wife has to fix it and his son calls him a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Isn't it? Oh! Uh. That is brilliant. He should have followed the instructions. <laughs> yes! And his son called him a lesbian, which is inappropriate. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> well, it sounds like a heck of an issue. What else have we got for this week? For the cookery section, we've got a journalist who can't cook, who was sending on a cookery course. To become better at cooking. Yes, exactly. Good, I like that. That's very strong. Hopefully he'll become a bit better at cooking and something funny will happen. Fashion? Well, our fashion editor has just been sent a lovely coat which cost £2,000. So she thought we could do a feature about the nicest coats you can get for £2,000. <laughs> that sounds a bit excluding. Perhaps you could arbitrarily include one 20-quid coat from Primark, which doesn't really look like the others, but is the same colour. Brilliant idea. <laughs> I don't see how anyone could object to that. By the way, I can't help noticing that I've been getting a lot of articles about gardening recently. I wondered when you'd notice. I've had rather an exciting idea. I thought it might be rather exciting if we did a weekend special about only one thing instead of about lots of things. So one week we could have every article being about gardening, or another week every article could be about cars. You know, subjects that fascinate literally everyone. <laughs> I like that. I can't see any possible downside in a whole magazine sticking relentlessly to one topic. Brilliant. I'll go and tell all the journalists to get cracking. Oh, before you go, we've forgotten the women's section again. Oh, for goodness sake. It's so annoying the way we forget the women's section every week and end up having to fill it with articles about men and shoes. <laughs> He's the most versatile actor of his generation. He's played politicians. Now, look, Gordon, we need to sort out who's going to be Prime Minister. He's played interviewers. Now, look, Richard Nixon, we need to sort out what happened in the Watergate scandal of 1972. And even sporting legends. Now, look, Leeds, United, we need to sort out what happens in football and how you can not hate me. But coming soon, his most incredible portrayal yet, this summer, Michael Sheen is you. That's right. Look, I'm playing you. Uh, see the resemblance? I've got your mannerisms down to a T. Whoever you are, wherever you are, this summer on your screen, Michael Sheen will be bringing you to life as never before. In the untold story of some of the things that you've done, you'll be amazed at how he's exactly like you, but with Michael Sheen's face. Remember that time when you did this? 
This is what it was like. <laughs> Don't miss the movie event of the year. Michael Sheen will change the way you see you forever. Also starring Nick Frost as your mate and David Morrissey as a northerner. <laughs> Need a hand with that parcel, Steve. Um, OK. Right, could you put your finger on the string while I tie it up? Um, sure. Oh, I just forgot the sugar in my tea. Back in a minimo. <sighs> hey there, young man. You look like you're in need of a hand, or at least the tip of a very powerful finger. Oh, God. Thanks, Jeff. It's Superman. That'd be very helpful. If you could just hold that and I'll just... Oops, sorry. Jeff! Superman? You, you dropped the parcel, Jeff! Who's this Jeff you refer to, citizen? I see no one else here, Steve, apart from you, Steve, and me, Superman. Fine. You dropped the parcel, Superman. Yes. Sorry. Uh, there must be kryptonite nearby. <laughs> I must go before my powers weaken further. You, you, you're just embarrassing yourself, Jeff. Well, I'll pass that on to Jeff if I see him, Steve. <laughs> All right, Steve, that's my tea nice and sweetened. Now, where's that parcel you needed help with? You're just embarrassing yourself, Jeff. Superman told me you'd say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh! All right, all right, everyone. Please, can I have a bit of... Ow! Ow! OK, I think you all know what I've had to call this emergency health and safety chinwag. Ow! Bloody aliens! For once, I'm inclined to agree with you, Leonard. The aliens are indeed making a bit of a nuisance of themselves. <laughs> it seems to me that it must be payback time for the persistent misuse of the company Stargate. As you can no doubt see, all the objects that you have carelessly or maliciously discarded through the Stargate of the past four months are being returned to us in no uncertain terms. Oh, come on! Now, I know it might be bad luck, but I do suggest to yourselves that we do the rest of this meeting brollies up. Very efficient. Now, at this point, the missiles emanating from the Stargate are small objects. This, for example, appears to be Derek's staple remover, and what's this? That's Susie's stress ball. And where is Susie? She got signed off due to stress. Right, <laughs> OK. Well, at the moment, we can't be completely sure if the aliens, the aliens are declaring war or simply having a bit of a tidy. <laughs> oh! That went right through my brolly! I tell you, it is absolute mayhem the other side of that portal. So I ask you now, has anyone put anything through the Stargate which could create a health and safety issue on its accelerated return? <clears throat> Nothing? Sure. Barry? Nothing you want to say? Then where's the photocopier? Nothing on telly. Well, let's play a board game. No way. You know I hate board games. The best thing that can be said about them is that they get you closer to death without injury. <laughs> In fact, the only thing worse than actually playing a board game is the chilling moment a few seconds beforehand when you realise you're going to be forced to play a board game. <laughs> the word boggle has the same effect on me as an air raid siren in downtown Baghdad. <laughs> I hate board games. They're needlessly dull and complicated. Oh. Oh, come on, love, you'll enjoy it. I've got some great ones in the cupboard from when I was a kid. Yes, and I bet even looking at the boxes makes me want to cry. No! <laughs> Look, they're fun. Look at this one. Crazy Clocks. It's a game against the clock where you move a clock around a clock-shaped board whilst being timed by a massive novelty clock. <laughs> what? That's not a recreational activity. That's God daring you to go on living. Oh. <laughs> 
one. Oh, I used to love this when I was a kid. Global domination. Every player has a counter shaped like a different type of shoe, and they have to go round the world nationalising the railways. What? <laughs> oh, hang on, this is a really good one. Big Willie's Naughty Orphanage. It's like Monopoly, except you're Big Willie and you've made loads of money in the oil trade and you have to go around your orphanage bribing children to keep a deadly secret. <laughs> That's sick. Well, it's just a bit of fun. Honestly, I don't know what you've got against board games. Yeah, they bring people together. They can have a laugh, have a bit of banter. Oh, yes, board game banter. Wonderful, spontaneous board game banter. Isn't it funny how it all sounds a bit like this? Oh, look at him go. You've got to watch him, Becky. Underhand tactics. I'm pretending to lose to lull you into a false sense of security, Nigel. Paul's psyching me out. Look, isn't he awful sitting over there gloating? I didn't want to win anyway, did you, Becky? That's right, Paul. We were just letting you win because we felt sorry for you. That's not banter. That's just a very noisy muscle spasm. <laughs> Why do you always have to be so negative? You know, some board games are brilliant. I mean, everyone loves Cluedo. Personally, I prefer backwards Cluedo. You start off knowing who done it, where and how, and you just have to work out why you all care. <laughs> Damn it, the photocopy is jammed. I've got to get this report to Tony before six. You couldn't give me a hand, could you, Jeff? Just check that tray for any obstructions while I clear the feed roller. Uh, right, let me just... How can I help you, citizen? Oh, for crying out loud. Jeff, you've got to stop this. I only need the paper checking in tray three. I'm not Jeff, Steve. I'm Superman. Look, Jeff, I know it must have been hard for you when Tony got promoted ahead of you, but this is no way to cope with it. But I'm Superman. You're Jeff. All right, Steve. I think I can trust you. I am Jeff. There. <laughs> now you know. Now you know Superman's secret identity. <laughs> You're having a breakdown, Jeff. Can't you see that? You need help. You know, Steve, maybe you're right. I mean, Superman helps everybody, but who is there to help Superman? <laughs> Here, have a tissue. Blow your nose. I hope this tissue is super strong. <laughs> for God's sake, Jeff, you're not Superman. You're just a middle-aged man who got passed over for promotion and developed a serious mental problem. I am Superman. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. I am, I am, No, you're not. You're not Superman. You are not Superman. You, Jeff, are not Superman. How can you say that? How can you be sure? How can you possibly know? Because, Jeff... <laughs> I'm Superman. I don't believe it. It's true, Jeff. He is Superman. And I'm Captain America. <laughs> and Sally in accounts is Wonder Woman. Hi, Jeff. Here are the invoices you asked for, Tony. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> the time has come for the truth, Jeff. You've been working as an accountant for the Superhero Alliance. No way! Don't be downhearted, Jeff. You mean well, and that's what matters in this world. All any of us want is to help others. Am I right? Yes, Steve. I think I understand. Good. Well, let's keep this our little secret, eh? Good night, Jeff. See you tomorrow. Night, Jeff. Night, Steve. Morning, Jeff. Pop the kettle on for me, would you? Sure, Steve. Let me just put my mug down over here for a second. <laughs> Coffee, citizen. This looks like a job for the amazing invisible man. I can see you, you stupid bastard. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the old lady job justification hearings. Now then, take a seat. You too, dear. So, 
What do you two do? Well, we're comedians. And writers. Yes, uh, comedy writer performers. Oh, what fun. And what does that involve? We write sketches, you know, little scenes about things we think are funny. And then we act them out on the radio and the TV. Oh, how splendid. And do you do all the parts? Most of them. Some of them we get other people to do, but uh, we do all the best ones ourselves. (laughs) Oh, that seems a little selfish. (laughs) I suppose... A little bit. Well, I think it all sounds terrific fun. I used to love all that sort of thing when I was a little girl, dressing up. Do you dress up? Uh, Yes, we dress up. Doing silly voices? Yes. Such fun. But then, of course, I grew up and had to get a proper job. (laughs) Yes. How did you get into it? Well, we met when we were students and we started doing shows at university. Oh, yes. Students love all that sort of thing, don't they? Larking around. I suppose it's useful high spirits. And a release from the pressures of studying. How old are you now? 34. (laughs) 34? Goodness. So it's quite a long time since you were students, isn't it? Not all that long. Must be about 15 years. You're still going strong. So, give us an idea. What sort of sketches do you do? Well, for instance, there's one where we play these two tramps, but they have this delusion they're on some important mission. Oh, oh, like waiting for Godot. A a, a little bit, not really. Wonderful play. I saw the first London production, you know, such a moving insight into the human condition. Is yours a moving insight into the human condition, dear? (laughs) Well, it's more an insight that tramps often drink a lot and um, (laughs) maybe then they get a bit confused. Well... That certainly has the merit of truth. That's not all we do, anyway. We do other things. For instance, Rob's just made a documentary about T.S. Eliot. Oh, about Proofrock. I saw that. Was that you? That was marvellous. Well done. And such a wonderful poem. How old was Eliot when he wrote that? Dunno. You did a documentary about it, dear. I think you must know. He was 23. 23? Imagine that. 23. Are you 34 as well, dear? No, I'm 36. (laughs) Oh. But David, David writes a newspaper column about current affairs. Oh, yes. I recognise you now. And you're on other shows a lot, aren't you? Talking about the things that annoy you. Sometimes. You're very good on those. Very eloquent and angry. You must be tempted to go into politics or the civil service so you could try and sort out some of those things that make you so cross. Not really, no. Oh, I just thought, you know, maybe once you'd had a go at sorting them out, you might calm down a bit. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes, that would be nice, but we've been doing comedy for a while now. I don't think either of us will get taken seriously as a politician. Or a poet. No, you, you're probably right. But there's all sorts of jobs you could do now you're, you know, grown-ups. I'm sure you'll think of something. Well, we'll let you get on, and we'll look out for your shows. What's your act called? Oh, Mitchell and Webb. Mitchell and Webb. That's got a nice ring to it. It sounds like... What does it sound like, Doris? Well, it sounds a bit like a big shop. Oh, yes. <laughs> so it does. Fortnum and Mason. Marks and Spencer. Mitchell and Webb. But what would we sell? Oh, what would you like to sell? Quite like cheese. <laughs> we could sell all sorts of cheese. Yes, and loose tea in wooden drawers. And occasional tables and jars of buttons. Rob, let's open a big shop. You're on. I think that's best, dears. Well done. (laughs) 
that, Mitchell and Webb's shop is owned and run by Messrs DJS Mitchell and R.P. Webb, with assistance from Olivia Coleman, Haberdashery, Sarah Hadland, Kitchenware, and James Bachman, Lingerie. At the tradesman's entrance are... David Mitchell, Robert Webb, Jason Hazley and Joel Morris, Jonathan Dryden-Taylor, James Bartman and Mark Evans, Madeline Brettingham, Kieran Self and Giles New, Ed Bradshaw and Ollie Simpson, Carrie Quinlan, Toby Davis and John Finnemore. The Night Watchman is Gareth Edwards. Yeah.